Welcome back to the Hemingwayless Podcast, Book 14, Chapter 5. Do you think the French prisoner is intentionally misleading Denisov, or is he con- is his confusion genuine? It seemed like he was kind of giving him the one runaround, giving him confusing answers, but I don't know. Why do you think Tikon passively accepts all the jokes at his expense if he's the bravest and hardest working? Why do the others make fun of him if he's so clearly valuable as a comrade? Maybe they're doing it sort of tongue-in-cheek. You know, almost sarcastically, because it's so obvious that he's the most valuable member that, um, you know, you can sort of afford to make fun of someone or make him the buffoon when there's so many leagues ahead. Tikon's awesome. I really like that character. It's a shame that he's introduced into the book right at the, not at the very end, but towards the very end. (coughs) Oh, excuse me. Twisted Every Way says this, It sounded like the confusion was genuine, but I'm not sure. Tikon seems like a good man to have around, more for his spirit than anything. And FDLP1 says, Tikon approaches things good-naturedly, and since he requested to join Denisov's group, he may see it as paying his dues. Oh, then maybe that's why they pick on him, he's paying his dues, because he was, you know, he asked to be part of that. Yeah, could be. Besides, at the end of the day, he knows he has these kinds of skills to back him up. Tikon was equally adept at swinging his axe to split logs and holding it by the head to chip off thin skewers or carve spoons. Yeah, well, I mean, if you've got spoon carving skills, you know you can back up any argument. Let's read chapter 6. It goes like this. After talking for some time with the assault about next day's attack, which now seeing how near they were to the French, he seemed to have definitely decided on, Denisov turned his horse and rode back. Now my lad will go and get Dwy, he said to Petcha. As they approached the watchhouse, Denisov stopped, peering into the forest. Among the trees, a man with long legs and long swinging arms, wearing a short jacket, bast shoes and a Kazan hat, was approaching with long light steps. He had a musketoon over his shoulder and an axe stuck in his girdle. When he espied Denisov, he hastily threw something into the bushes, removed his sodden hat by its floppy brim and approached his commander. It was Tikon. He wrinkled... And poc- his wrinkled and pockmarked face and narrow little eyes beamed with self-satisfied merriment. He lifted his head high and gazed at Denisov as if repressing a laugh. Well, where did you disappear to? inquired Denisov. Where did I disappear to? I went to get Frenchmen, answered Tikon boldly and hurriedly, in a husky and melodious bass voice. Why did you push yourself in there by daylight, you ass? Well, why haven't you taken one? Oh, I took one all right, said Tikon. Where is he? You see, I took him first thing at dawn, Tikon continued, spreading out his flat feet with outturned toes in their bast shoes. I took him into the forest, then I see he's no good and think I'll go and fetch a likelier one. You see, what a wogue. It's just as I thought, said Denisov to the assault. Why didn't you bring that one? What was the good of bringing him? Tikon interrupted hastily and angrily. That one wouldn't have done for you, as if I don't know what sort you want. What a brute you are. Well... I went for another one, Tikon continued, and I crept like this through the wood and lay down. He suddenly lay down on his stomach with a subtle, supple movement to show how he had done it. One turned up and I grabbed him like this. He jumped up quickly and lightly. Come along to the colonel, I said. He starts yelling and suddenly there were four of them. They rushed at me with their little swords, so I went for them with my axe this way. What are you up to? says I. Christ be with you, shouted Tikon, waving his arms with an angry scowl and throwing out his chest. 
Yes, we saw from the hill how you took to your heels through the puddles, said the Yasol, screwing up his glittering eyes. Petya badly wanted to laugh, but noticed that they all refrained from laughing. He turned his eyes rapidly to Tikon's face, from Tikon's face to the Yasol's and Denisov's, unable to make out what it all meant. Don't play the fool, said Denisov, coughing angrily. Why didn't you bring the first one? Tikon scratched his back with one hand and his head with the other. Then suddenly his whole face expanded into a beaming, foolish grin, disclosing a gap where he had lost a tooth. That was why he was called Shabati, the gap-toothed. Denisov smiled and Petya burst into a peal of merry laughter in which Tikon himself joined. Oh, but he was a regular good-for-nothing, said Tikon. The clothes on him, poor stuff. How could I bring him? And so rude, your honour. Why, he says, I'm a general's son myself, I won't go, he says. You are a brute, said Denisov. I wanted to question, but I questioned him, said Tikon. He said he didn't know much, and there are a lot of us, he says, but all poor stuff, only soldiers in name, he says. Shout loud at them, he says, and you'll take them all, Tikon concluded looking cheerfully and resolutely into Denisov's eyes. "'I'll give you a hundred sharp lashes that'll teach you to play the fool,' said Denisov severely. "'But why are you angry?' remonstrated Tikon. "'Just as if I'd never seen your Frenchman. Only wait till it gets dark, and I'll fetch you any of them you want. Three, if you like.' "'Well, let's go,' said Denisov, and rode all the way to the watchhouse in silence and frowning angrily. Tikon followed him behind, and Petya heard the Cossacks laughing with him, and at him about some pair of boots he had thrown into the bushes. When the fit of laughter that had seized him at Tikon's words and smile had passed and Petra realised for a moment that this Tikon had killed a man, he felt uneasy. He looked round at the captive drummer boy and felt a pang in his heart. But this uneasiness lasted only a moment. He felt it necessary to hold his head higher to brace himself and to question the assault with an air of importance about tomorrow's undertaking, that he might not be unworthy of the company in which he found himself. The officer who had been sent to inquire about Denisov on the way, with the news of that Dolokhov was soon coming, and that all was well with him. Denisov at once cheered up, and calling Petya to him, said, Well, tell me about yourself. Alright, there we go. That's the end of the chapter. Tick on again, being a total badass. Just, how many Frenchmen do you want? I'll go get them for you. And he just goes off into behind enemy lines and brings them back. Pretty cool dude. Alright, thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.